Hi, and welcome to another episode of Through the Web, where we talk business, science, technology, and all things. <laughs> There's going to be time. some science in this episode, right? <laughs> There's nothing to do with science in this episode, especially. Oh, Neuralink. No, I was, I was going to talk about um, my rabbit hole I went down last night at 3 a.m. on the elect- electromagnetic spectrum. Okay. Because I was research- some science. researching the iPhone 12 being banned in France. Okay. And uh, that led to a whole rabbit hole. So uh, maybe we can talk about that just to verify this introduction. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, this works as an intro. I don't know why. Like, we can just do this. Like, um, I'm Tosif. I'm Takaka, and I'm Brady. Uh, you were up three <laughs> doing science research. Yes, I was. I loved it. It was. It was like this this rabbit hole down to the the fundamentals of quantum physics. Wow. And it was great. Um, so let me let me start at the beginning. So obviously France has banned the iPhone 12 from sale because it exceeded the uh, legal amount of radiation requirements for a phone. Mm-hmm. So um, in this video, I was describing why that, why that happened, what radiation is, how we should think about it, and also um, the type of radiation our phone emits, and that is electromagnetic rate radiation. So in looking at that, I was looking through the frequencies, and obviously you have uh, your radio waves, which, uh, well, actually phones are radio waves technically, but your radio waves, which you broadcast on the radio, go a little bit higher energy and you get microwaves and which is your microwave oven, but also in that frequency is what your phones use, the mm. same kinds of frequency and a bit higher than that is Bluetooth, and then you go a bit higher and then you get visible light, you go a bit higher, you get UV, a bit higher, X-rays, etc. So in this, in this radio spectrum, there's a segment called infrared light, and we've all heard about that, it's what your remote control uses to control your TV, but it turns out that we emit infrared light everything does everything that mm-hmm. is an object and has matter emits infrared light and i was like that's that's kind of strange that's kind of bizarre um like you hear about it in physics but i just kind of it just kind of went over my head and i didn't really think about it so i thought about it a bit more and then i was like okay so we're producing electromagnetic radiation but where's that coming from mm-hmm. and then it turns out it's coming from the electrons within our atoms and then i thought about it a bit more because like, it's basically the, the movement of these atoms, just the way they move, actually produces that electromagnetic radiation. But the thing is, when they emit the radiation, they lose energy. So doesn't that mean that eventually all things will just lose energy and the atoms will just, the electrons will just stop moving and stay still and fall into the nucleus and then that's the end of the universe? And I was like, I've never heard of that theory. No one really talks about that. So it turns out that that particular question of why do the electrons keep moving even though they've like they're emitting radiation, that's the what scientists were thinking at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. and that's what actually started the field of quantum mechanics. So, it, looking into it a bit further, it turns out that even though the the electrons emit all their energy, like not all their energy, but all the energy that they can, and they're at their lowest state, they're still moving. Mm-hmm. They they actually intrinsically always move forever for all eternity, and it's like that's the weirdest thing in the world. Why does that happen? And it turns out. That now it just gets to the point where you just have to accept it because I don't know if you've heard of the Heisenberg uncertainty mm-hmm. principle. So basically it just means that you cannot measure the position and mo- momentum of a particle with all accuracy. So like if you know the precise location of the 
particle, then you don't know its momentum. If you know the momentum, then you don't know where it is. And because of that principle, it, it states that it's always true. So even at these lowest energies, called a zero-point energy, where like it can't go any lower, the, the, because there's still uncertainty, that means that it's moving, there's kinetic energy. And because of that principle, there must be motion and there is energy, and that's just it. Like, mm. that's just how it is. So then I was like, but that doesn't make any sense. And then I thought about, like, E equals MC squared and how energy is essentially matter, and it must be an intrinsic nature of that. And then it was 3 a.m., so I was like, I'm going to bed, so that, that's it. But that, that was the path like, that I the, went the, down. The rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, but I thought it was so interesting. I was like, man, like, I don't know. It's kind of when you get in that space late at night, yeah. you think about all these things, but then, um, yeah, just going into it and figuring out that people a century ago were having the same questions and going through that thought process, I thought was really cool. But none of that's going to be in the video, <laughs> but it was just a bit of background. Uh, I hope that's not too much. <laughs> yeah. When did happen to have come out? Huh? When did Avantour have come out? Okay, so would it have been three 20, years three? ago now, right? That doesn't seem right. Because was there an S? Probably the, three to four, four years, roughly. Yeah, three to four, four years. So the reason it got banned, yeah. long story short, was because it exceeded the, the radiation level. So the radiation level is four watts per kilogram. So like kilogram of body tissue, four watts of energy of radiation is supposed to go there. The iPhone was 5.74. So it was a menial difference but that was enough it was just off principles like it's too high we got to shut it down basically so apple was going to give a software update to reduce the radiation um but the interesting thing is in this video i looked at a whole bunch of data um, and scientific studies to see if radiation actually from mobile phones actually causes cancer mm. what do you think the answer is i mean it the companies would say it shouldn't uh but what no no, no. This, this isn't companies this is Scientists, independent scientists. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> what, what do you think the answer is, Braden? I feel like I saw something of them saying there's a correlation, but I don't know. Right. So the answer is mostly no, but there's a little bit of we don't know. Mm. And the reason we don't know is because it just goes down to the, the idea that studying this thing is this kind of thing is hard because humans may say yes I use my phone this much or I use my phone this little but that self-reporting is could be wrong we, we can't remember how much we used our phone over a few years and also like research biases as well people who have brain tumors are more likely to enter studies so mm. there's a few studies that say there's a correlation between using mobile phones and cancers but most say that there's no correlation so it's just that little bit of it's it's okay, mostly yeah. fine but FDA, FC, FCC, all of these guys, they say it's, it's fine. And, you know, they're, they're still actually investigating, but so far there's no scientific evidence. So it's, it's actually, it was a deeper topic than I ever thought it was going to be. But, um, yeah, that's the, that's the summary. Yeah, because, I mean, there's the other set of arguments that I've heard with Wi-Fi and microevolving even, like any sort of, um, uh, you know, frequency that we generally are around uh, with, with these kind of technology, right? Um, apparently, yeah. they all have some sort of effect. But, but, but think about it, like, and this is what I say in the video as well, like, light. Yeah. Light has more in, energy in than, itself, than yeah. yeah, light has more energy than, than these radio waves anyway. Yeah. So it's like, are you scared of light bulbs? <laughs> yeah, so, but the thing is, you also have to look at the power level. So in the video, I also state, okay, so microwaves can heat up your food. Obviously, if you put your head in there, it's not going to be a good idea. Mm. So, but microwaves have a power level of 1,200 watts. And your phone is in the range of milliwatts. Mm. So it's, it's completely, it's like many org orders of magnitude different. Um, and again, less power than visible light. So 
I think, yeah, if you wanted to scare someone, you could, but if you really look down to it, it's like, it's not really. Negligible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cancer in and of itself is such a weird topic, right? Because the, the idea of, of cells just turning against you and inside yeah. your body out of, almost out of random, just what yeah. it feels like. And the thing about cancer is like, yeah, there's, it's such a mystery. Like, yes, we all know cancer is increasing, but we can't really pinpoint why. Australia apparently is the highest rates of cancer yeah, in the UV moment, light. but most of it is because of... You, of yeah, the, yeah, the ozone layer and not being as strong here, um, even though it's repaired itself a bit, and the UV, UV light is very strong here, and UV light's just above the visible spectrum, and that's where it starts getting dangerous, because a little bit above that is x-rays. So, mm. you know, uh, not a little bit, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, like I think cancer is a very scary thing, because it's not very well understood, mm. um, and obviously it, no one wants it, and so many people are affected by it that when you mention it, I think it, it elicits a quite visceral reaction, mm. so yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, phones are safe, guys. Don't. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, what else? What do, what do you want to? Actually, let, let's let's start with how how you've been going. Like, what's, um, what's... I have my first half marathon in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been training for it. I've been uh, you know just doing some self studies and looking up ways to coach myself because I didn't really get a coach for for half marathons, but it will be a very significant challenge for me uh, because I've never done it. I've the longest I've run is fifteen, which is only a few couple of weeks. Because, um, 15 kilometers but this week between the runs I also play soccer and uh, I tried receiving a ball I you know landed on my left foot and uh, I felt something inside my knee <laughs> and almost immediately I was like oh man so um, obviously I'm not going to show my knee on camera but uh, you know Brandon to go can see there's like bits of linings around my knee because I had had strapped up and stuff so it's uh I think I can still do it but it's it's gonna be an interesting um self experiment to say the least but yeah. that's how I have been wow. um okay but I'm looking forward to it because uh you know I've been trying to challenge myself um through multiple things and this will definitely be one of the one of the highlights of the year for me so fingers mm-hmm. crossed mm-hmm. well i hope you make it man That's, yeah uh, dude yeah. um it'll be definitely something to celebrate but but we'll see brian what have you been up to uh not a huge amount this week a lot of prep work because i'm shooting a music video this weekend nice um, something a bit different something kind of artsy but yeah late nights it's going to be saturday sunday huh? so, oh. yeah. what, what kind of genre I actually have no idea how to categorize the song. I'll have to get you to listen to it later and show. Okay. But it's like it's electronic and it's pop e, but it's kind of like an intro to an album. So I predict thing. neon lights in the in the. There will be colored yeah. light. Yes, <laughs> yes. we've got I access to this the, really... the, the the vision. Yeah, yeah. In there already. We've got this. Um, the guy I managed to get. He's like a mansion. This really expensive house. I'm going to shoot in his backyard. He's got this, like a private basketball court and like this bar area underneath and he's he's got some weird art, artistic ideas as to how we're going to transition between all these scenes so it's going to be kind of experimental but yeah looking forward to it all right before we jump into the topics uh there's something i watched um this week uh, do you know about genius the the music company mm. so this is a video about genius and how the company went down essentially in oh. terms of it's 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 got a wild and interesting history because it started off as a as uh, you know, just a few guys wanting to, um, as as they do, wanting to start um, a, a website through understanding content and and dissecting rap lyrics and um, 
eventually turned to genius which got like millions of dollars you know was valued at like a very high amount and then just like other you know companies we've heard in the recent times like buzzfeed and vice and whatnot it started slowly kind of plummeting as well mainly because of some interesting decisions within the within the company but it just seems like again it's uh, and for those who don't know it's like a let's just put it like a like a music curating or like a lyrics of music curating um website where where people can annotate uh what they think about the songs and and whatnot and they actually had a big battle with google in in the middle because for example right now if you type what is the lyrics of this song instead of it pointing to genius it'll just show up on the on the feed so it was cutting traffic so it's like a very interesting kind of um, story that that led to where genius is today but if you look at how they've transformed from where they've been to where they're now it's like very similar to what we've been seeing with vice with with buzzfeed and and even like in you know, a complex and a few of these other let's say internet media brands and that just keeps me thinking all the time like what is the future of of media and content because you look at you know ultimately how people consume content online on the internet it's it's so niche down it's so segmented um, it just feels like these companies that had a lot of promise in the social media rise the thing is it's just slowly you know getting well, fragmented <clears throat> do you think that the success of a media company in the online space is in part determined by a strong personality within it. Uh, in terms of who runs it? Yeah. So, like, for example, say Michael from Vsauce started his own media company, mm -hmm. but he had a very strong presence, yeah, pre presence and face in it. Um, would that have longevity over him just, you know, selling it off and getting other people to run everything? I mean, yeah, but, but I think that's a little bit different to what media companies were meant to be. So if you look at what BuzzFeed was or what um, uh, Vice News was to an extent, they weren't based around a single personality. But because if it is based around one personality, it becomes like, um, you know, like Michael or even Mr. Beast or, mm. or something like that, right? Um, where it's like even Philip DeFranco would probably be a, the, the closest example because he's a news ish kind of personality online and it does revolve around him and if it wasn't him and it was somebody else who hasn't built that presence it's not gonna it's not gonna work mm. um but that wasn't like, but but that's a transformational thing i guess like back in the day vice was unique because they were just doing unique journalism etc and they had this style to it but i think over time just the more segmented things get more people are, be, are going to be able to do that so i guess my question was coming from a place of what would be the thing that sets a media company apart and keeps it going? And I was like, mm, was it a personality? I, I don't know. But I, th I think uh, I think that that helps, but you can't. I, I don't think you can just introduce a personality. Um, <laughs> it's like in, in the industry the plant. <laughs> yeah. Have you been seeing the the Bobby Altoff, uh, the podcast? The, the podcaster. Yeah. Oh, is she the one that's just like very uninterested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people say that she's an industry plant because right. nobody knew of her like a few months ago. Now she's getting guests like Mark Cuban and Drake, Drake and yeah. uh, all the all the big names. But obviously, that's you know, there's a whole separate conversation. So um, it it could work in, mm. in those those areas. But even Vsauce had like a few different two, brands. Vsauce three, three etc. Yeah, but. 
that's why I think it went down. Like, because I think if you kept it uh, up, Michael's back. I'd say like he's he's, he's doing everywhere. a lot of shorts. He's, he's doing a lot of shorts. I, I know that, but and it's then not, it's working for. It's not the same as yeah. what it used to be, yeah. and I think that's a reflection maybe of how things have changed over. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if his videos still pick up from from. Oh, that the, I think. He did a recent one, maybe like six months ago or something, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. Like the back catalog is so strong. Yeah, for, it's for like all evergreen content. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to stay for a while. Um, but yeah, I think there is a crisis in media at the moment, um, both digital and legacy. Uh, we're seeing the digital arm of it kind of come unglued now, and I think maybe that's partly due to a large overestimation of where things would be now, mm-hmm. a large amount of investment. And they just didn't generate as much you money. You saw as Rupert Murdoch um, stepping down? No, I didn't yeah. see that. So, wow. So Succession theme song is just going to play because it's literally based around him. Whose heads are going to roll? I didn't read that part, but I know I was reading about memories of him stepping down and I saw that he finally did. It'll obviously have to be, well, not obviously, but it's likely going to be someone within the... Mm. family members but um yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that takes shape uh yeah. going forward and but especially a lot of the headlines were drawing um the the parallels to the to the tv shows right. quite interesting yeah uh, let's just hope it doesn't well it couldn't get much worse could it um, <laughs> anyway um yeah yeah uh, very very interesting what do you what do you think Brayden, about the whole media death yeah i don't, I don't know it's, it's uh, oversaturation i think yeah in like literally every field at the moment and I, th- I feel like as all these editing tools get better and the um and everything's easier to access you're just going to kind of get an even broader range of content like i've not- noticed especially with like instagram reels and shorts because i follow a lot of filmmaking stuff and it's just exploded and mm-hmm. like especially recently i'm getting way way more and a lot of it's super high quality yeah. but it's like the same thing yes. across right across the board it almost looks like stock footage at this exactly, point and it's like exactly. looks really good but it follows the exact same trend the exact same music the exact same type of visuals and it's like I don't know who you are I don't you know this looks great but like why else why would I follow yeah. you why would I do you so know what the, I mean? there needs to be that thing that X factor that that's, you that's what I, I I should have this clip in the podcast somewhere like right. in few, like months ago when I said that AI will make things so similar. This is that's not AI though. But no, but 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 it will be getting to that uh-huh. point. Like a lot of the videos, because the tools of that that are present right now has democratized the the process, right? So everybody has those tools um, with AI as well. Now it's even YouTube launched an AI um, thing yesterday. I don't know if you saw. So now you can do generative AI straight into the the YouTube apps for making videos for thumbnails, titles. Not sure about thumbnails, but titles. Um, oh, the titles for sure, yeah. Yeah, so, so things like that, for example. So with that <coughs> being available to everyone, it has kind of lifted the entire quality yeah. up. So everything that used to kind of differentiate one person in the past in terms of quality is, is no longer the case, right? Mm. So it's for you to rise above that level, it'll have to be either unique personality or storytelling or, or mm. something else, like you mentioned, the the X factors. So um, I agree with, with Brayden there. I think mm. it's just everything's just starting to look the same, and um, and and it's it's cool. But after one point, it's gonna be like, oh, it's the same thing yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Um, have you seen the latest AI imagery trend? 
the I guess I call them like hidden pictures or whatever, where it's like oh, you yes, have yes, yes you yep. have a, you have an image that just looks like an image, but when you look far enough away, it turns into a word or a yep. face or something like that. Um, yeah, I've just seen it blow up on Twitter in the past week or two. Yeah, I've seen that. And and it, it, like everyone's starting to do it now, and you can always, but they're actually kind of cool. But it's like. Yeah, after a while, it's just going to be the same Yeah, and thing. I remember artists were, were used to do the, like, you know, serial p- painters, I remember, mm. used to, you know, paint, like, these intricate uh, landscape images, and then if you step back, it's like a big yeah. portrait of a person's yeah. face or something like that, yeah. right? So it's very much following those same, mm. same principles. And, again, it's like the idea isn't, none of these ideas are new. Mm. It's just giving the tools to everyone to be able to churn it out in, like, seconds. Yes, click And, on therefore, the, the value of the idea kind of, diminishes yes. I think there should be a graph like you know like the, the economist <laughs> graph what's, what's it called the, the return of marginal what something I forgot I read it like in high school the, the diminishing returns law of the diminishing yeah, returns yeah yeah something okay. like that so I think there should be something you, you, along you, those lines you about could just call it that exponential decay you could just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah probably. but okay um, it, it's, it's true and I think yes we everyone has the tools but there, there has to be it's it's weird because you can say there has to be some original thought, but it's, as soon as someone does something original, everyone's going to copy that. Exactly. So it's like, what's what's the See, th- that's that's what I mean. Like people used to copy in the past as well. Yeah. But it's again it's like the, the speed, do. the the way of distribution, and for it to blow up, you know, in, or go viral, it's just so much um, frequent. I'm not going to say easy, but but mm. more frequent. Mm. Um, again, with with how people were talking about. AI being able to um, change political um, commentary or um, you know, misinformation or whatnot. Like Photoshop was there for, for such a long time. Like being able to edit on a green screen was there for such a long time. But again, you weren't able to just do it in like a few few clicks. This is totally random almost, but I want to ask you something. What do you think about those TikToks where there is news, like it's Buzz, not BuzzFeed, but like Vice News or Vox or something, and it's just like a little short... Um, in an Instagram reel and they're talking about a subject but they got the crappy green screen thing and they got the little lapel microphone they're holding it and they're kind of floating around mm-hmm. what, what do you think of that aesthetic and style? Again, I feel like it's almost personality driven, right? Like if you mm. like the guy who's doing it or then you'd watch it but mm. I, I don't know, I found myself scrolling past a lot of those Right. If it's relevant, so like some of the uh, car TikTokers that I, I watch they do that mm-hmm. and it can be super engaging if it's fast enough and it's... Um, I don't know, well shown. But yeah, I, I feel like, again, everyone does it now. Right, so yeah. it's just oversaturation until you scroll past something that catches your eye in a different way. You, yeah. Yeah. It, same thing. Okay. What I mean, aesthetic wise, I'm not a fan mm-hmm. because it's just design wise, it's, it's very <laughs> poor. But in terms of the way um, it's being presented, I think it just makes sense. Sometimes it's easy to follow. It, like Brent said, if mm. the presenter is good, it just makes it easier to. Right look and again it's essentially having the same idea of highlighting components in a story mm. uh, but you're just physically <laughs> using yourself to do that right yeah um the reason i bring it up is because i saw a, an instagram reel of the B, a bbc presenter doing that yes not one positive comment everyone was like you guys are like catering to gen z like this is the worst thing ever blah blah blah, blah. and and like I don't, I don't know. I mean, remember uh, in the conference that we went to uh, in July, um, because ABC has a wing in TikTok yes, um, yes. that does similar yes, kind of yeah. things. And I think they also mentioned something similar. Like initially, they were getting a lot of flack for doing mm. it. But um, now I think, you know, ultimately, um, 
they get used to it. They get used to it, and then the people who didn't like it stop seeing mm. it, and then the Gen Z or, or whoever is interested in that kind mm. of stuff start following. Now, I guess that's the game, right? Like, mm. how do you ultimately cater to the next generation of of your users? Because this the 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 the, the shift of of your demographic will keep on happening, right? Mm. And you don't want to get to a point where they're like between 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 60 to 70, and then you're losing out basically the ones with the more purchasing power yes, and the yeah. influential decisions and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you'll see more and more of that, I yeah. think. Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe. May- it's time for you to start one. <laughs> just me just floating around. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, uh, all right, let's, let's move on to the next topic, shall we? Uh, so, um, the Unity situation, have you heard much of it? I saw snippets of it. I'm not that familiar about it, but do you go do it? Um, all I know is that Unity made a pricing change where they're going to take more of a cut of the revenue of certain game desi- um, game producers, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, I don't know that much about it either. Um, the only thought I had is just everyone's going to flock to Unreal now. <laughs> yeah, well, so they changed the pricing not not just the pricing but the format of it so now what they're doing is switching over to a system where above a certain amount of downloads and revenue so i think it's 200,000 downloads of a game and 200,000 USD made you then uh, it then costs you 20 cents per download of the game right. so that's might not sound like much but for like indie devs that are working on a two person team that could you know and a game goes pretty big like some of them have recently, that could cost them millions mm. of dollars. Um, and that only goes up. Those increments go mm. up depending on the plan. And then there's also like, I think there's different tiers. So depending on how exclusive you are, depends on your cut and all this stuff as well. That isn't how they ever used to do it. There was a revenue split before mm. and it was a bit more clear. Which makes more sense, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I think this might help some people, but for the vast majority, it's just negatively impacting them. Mm. So like there was the devs of you know Among Us, mm-hmm. they threatened to take the game down. Mm-hmm. And so did a couple others as well, were very public about why they use Unity, why it's been super accessible for smaller teams and how this will massively impact them. Mm. Yeah, I think it's um, bad PR and just a bad decision overall by like the sounds of things that's apparently they um they got a death threat as well that's what i saw from well, the gamers <laughs> what do you expect as in like the people that are angry at gamers so um no but apparently it was someone from within unity um that yeah it's just like a uh, they had to like shut down offices or something what? like that oh, yeah what? yeah right. okay i didn't hear about this go on i mean that's all i know oh. <laughs> um but but then the, the latest thing i found out was how they backtracked so now they're saying that they're not going to go ahead yeah with the, with the I, I heard about that it's like the whole Twitter post. We've listened. We we understand. Like, it's yeah. such a lose lose game. These these apologies. Yeah. It's like this this. I've not seen a single, or I can't think of an example top of my head where an apology went down okay yeah. with anyone. Was like, oh yes, I agree with you. Thank <laughs> you for apologizing. Oh, uh, maybe the Drew Barrymore one recently. I don't know if you saw that one. But even she got flagged too. She got flagged, but then yeah. when she said that she wasn't going to carry on because of the writer's strike, apparently even a lot that, of people were said that yeah, that's. You, thanks yeah. for listening to us and thanks for being in solidarity with the writer's strike and, and whatnot. I think it's lose-lose no matter what. Yeah, I agree, she, I agree. she apologized and most people were like, this is a good thing. And then the other half were just <laughs> like, you're still a terrible person yeah. for even considering this. And it's like, 
I don't know. Um, I just want to say uh, a quick shout out to, to Carl Stenader, who, who asked about talking about the, the Unity dumpster fire. Uh, so thanks for, 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 for the comment and, and um, suggesting the topic. But, but I'd say at the end of the day, for any company, when you're, uh, I mean, uh, the, the primary stakeholders in any of these businesses, is, you know, your customers and your employees, right? And you decide to screw one of them up, it's, it's over for you. And it's, I don't know uh, if they were just to trying to test it, or if they have spoken to others before launching this kind of stuff. Um, it just seems like more and more these decisions um, only only come to light after after or, or you know, these decisions really get flagged after they come to light, kind of thing mm. before they even speak internally. That's what it seems mm. like. So mm. um, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where um, they going to learn a big lesson from this. <laughs> um, with Unreal Engine as well, um, so when you say that people are going to flock, flock there, is it, mm. are they the same type of um, so games? From, from my game developer friend who's made like five games now, he says Unity is like easier to learn and it's more for indie. I, yeah, indie smaller games, whereas Unreal is more realistic and it's for a certain kind of game. Right. So I guess... It's not so true to say that they'll flock, but there'll be a, a proportion that we're on the on the fence, I guess. Um, well, have you guys looked at the Microsoft event that happened yesterday? No. Yes. I well, totally missed it. Just before this, I went through everything. And, um, yeah, no, the, the new AI functionality in Windows 11, such a cool idea, but because it's Microsoft exclusive and only works across Microsoft programs... Like if you're if you're deep in Excel and stuff like that for work, I think it's insanely powerful. But if you're anyone else who doesn't like Edge or any of that, it's kind of well. Okay, pointless. some context because I'm basically an audience member here because I haven't seen <laughs> right. seen the presentation. So, so what's what's the... it's a companion that's like it can be active at any point. So once it's open, it, it sits in the side of on the side of the screen. So it's system wide AI. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's it's like ChatGPT and Dali mixed together. Right. Wow. So you can do pretty much anything with it, and it's super useful. So you can, if you're in Word and you've got like graphs and things like that, you can take that graph, paste it in there. It can do the, it can figure out equations and stuff on its own from pictures. Um, you can. Uh, you can feed it text. You could be reading an article on Edge, and you can say summarize this for me, and it'll automatically summarize the article for you. It's just it's like what GPT and Dali can do, but directly linked to what you're doing currently. So it's really cool, but it's again limited to Microsoft's tools on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's like yes, yeah, so I think Edge is the biggest one that right because they've nuts. got um, so so that was one of the four or five things they've announced. Um, so they also announced hardware. So I think there's a big bump on um, the, um, the, surface. the the Surface uh, laptops okay. and studios. Um, do you know Do you know what the chips they're using? Is it still stressed? Uh, I, I think the most powerful is an i7 H series chip. Or something. Okay. okay, and I think the GPU is a 40, 50, 40, 60, and there's an RTX 2000. That's okay. an option. Okay. So it, um, yeah, <laughs> I said Snapdragon because I was still thinking of those mobile <laughs> edge things. I mean mobile things. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, and, and other than that, they also announced, the, as uh, Brian was saying, um, the, the co-pilot, I think it's called, for Windows 11, and um, a Microsoft 365 chat. So basically, the co-pilot is, is like an AI assistant, and the Microsoft 365 chat is like a, like a chat bot that'll help you 
um, and all, of course AI powered, right? Um, but the the Copilot one, as Ben was saying, was me is meant to kind of have access to all the um, all, all of Windows 11 um, suites of uh, software, and then it can grab information, and then you can just get it to do stuff for you. So again, going back to last year now, almost November when we first heard about you know all these AI kind of breaking out, one of the things we talked about was that okay, how can these companies integrate AI mm -hmm. into the, the things, and it seems like this was the step that we, we discussed about, like, you know, how having a, an assistant that's more natural, more easy, rather than just having a, um, a search engine chatbot kind of kind of yeah. thing. Um, but it seems like nobody's excited. Like, mm -hmm. uh, that's, I, I, I didn't feel, I don't, I don't know if it's AI fatigue, I don't know if it's um, just overall people are unimpressed, as we keep talking about, but it just seems like, I, either it's it's um, people just have just come to expect yeah like that's what you're supposed to get anyway uh, it's not going to do anything new for me if I've already got access to Midjourney and um, ChatGPT is just more localized but but either way it feels like the next step of all this which we spoke about was uh, an AI that's, an, that's so intelligent it's just literally an assistant for you within your phone or or your, or your computer and it <coughs> seems like this would be that first. Kind of step in in a mainstream kind of kind of brand, but mm -hmm. I don't know if if without using it, obviously how how good it is. But that just seems to be the step towards it. Yeah, I'd probably agree with the AI fatigue point because it's we've had ChatGPT. There's a huge hype wave, and it's kind of like not petered out, but it's like just stabilized now. So people are just used to that interactivity of AI systems. And yes, Microsoft has integrated it into their platform, but but what? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like we could we could do this stuff anyway if we wanted to. Mm. So I guess like it comes down to actually using it and seeing how it's like. And if it actually is as revolutionary as it possibly could be, then maybe we'll start hearing some buzz like a bit after the launch. And I guess another thing is this was so far behind the the major hype cycle of of AI. So it's kind of like I don't know, the horses are bolted and then <laughs> they're like, hey, wait, you know. So um, I don't know. I think it's it's. An interesting dichotomy, but um, I, I had no idea. Didn't even, it didn't come across my feed or, or anything, so that that's, gives you the level of interest about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, like it looks like a cool idea when you watch them use it, but I think unless you're like deep into productivity work or or you're really deep in the Microsoft ecosystem, like all of their apps, even like it's got interesting photo tools as well, where you can just take a photo from whatever you're reading, drag it in here, and it'll have automatic tools you can use to manipulate that photo. So you could remove a background straight in the AI chat right to the side. You could um, you can change certain things about it. There's it, there's integration with the new version of Paint. Mm. Finally, has like layers and things like that, and you can generate backgrounds and, and different layers. Using okay, AI. that's kind of cool. Um, all the new photo uh, Microsoft's photo viewing tool. I can't remember what they call it, but that has. Um, that has ed editing and manipulation all through AI in that as well. Right. They've also got a new video editing tool that, again, is kind of like what the YouTube thing's doing where you can automatically generate generate certain aspects of it. So there's like a trimming tool where you can drag, like, say you did a live stream. I think the example they used was a guy who did like a live DJ set and he just dragged that in and it turned it into whatever length of clip he wanted it to be and it would highlight the key moments. So it's just like tools that already exist, but it's using AI to try to do it in a more accurate way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the more conversations you have with it, 
and the more conversations you keep like it saved it can refer back to that so whenever you're looking at new things or you're trying to find things it can refer to your previous interests or your or things okay. you've spoken to it about okay. to help you kind that's, of, that's cool as well like actual yeah. memory so like, I feel like it gets more useful the more you use it yeah. but you have to have a use case for it yeah. but then you know a lot of the people a lot of professionals who are doing photo and video work are using Premiere and Photoshop and have nothing to do with mm. they all hate Microsoft's yeah. inbuilt tools I, I, you know, I think I have to watch the presentation, but it seems to me like it comes down to just like how how useful it would it be to the average person, and uh, yeah, depending on your workflow, it could be great. Might, you might not even yeah really use it otherwise. So I don't know because yeah. they've implemented that new. Remember how we were talking about um, that AI check that they were working on with Adobe, mm-hmm. where it would identify all generated stuff. That's implemented now, and mm-hmm. that is interlinked with Adobe, but there's been no talk about if this would go further with their software or if that's specifically going to be Firefly related or whatever. Right. Okay. And uh, I think it was part of the demo where there was also like um, if you if you had booked flights um, and your AI knows about it, it'll start, start suggesting you this is a recommendation that matches with your style of, uh, you know, uh, experiences that you want and things of that sort. And I think that would be, I guess, the, the next ultimate stage is, is where the AI is so individualized to your personality, to your likings and dislikings and how you work. Um, something like that, I think, would be very, very cool, where I don't even have to like think mm-hmm. twice in terms of... Um, because it, you know each individual is just so nuanced with, with these things. It's quite difficult for one piece of technology to understand everything about you and mm. your style of work, right? So I think if you can get to that really, really, really smart AI assistant stage, that would be like the ultimate thing. Like, I'll give you a very interesting example, right? So, so have you used Spotify's AI DJ? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, at the start, I think, again, I think the more you listen to it, the better, because it like it was giving me things that Random I didn't, didn't like. care about yeah, that much, yeah. yeah. but. One of my mates has been using it for quite a few months or, or weeks now, I guess. Yeah. But And he was saying how it's gotten to a point where it is actually feeding him quite a lot of different playlists and right. genres that he really enjoys. Cool. And it's like, it's kind of cool. Because when it does get it right, you're like, these are, these are all solid. And yeah. then when it switches up the tone, it switches up to something you've listened to sometime in the past couple of years. Yeah. It has all that data. And builds an entire section of Cause, music. Because there's no feedback loop. I think the only thing is just no. skipping forward and I think if you it. press the DJ button again I think it registers you don't want to listen to this Got this, it. this genre and it'll switch to a whole new thing so right. I think the more you do that and the more you skip the more it understands what you're listening to currently and what you might enjoy going back to yeah so so previously i would give an example so if, if something like this existed in the past right so it would only perhaps the intelligence of it would understand that okay you are listening to a certain genre and then it understands like okay that you don't want to listen to this genre right now, you listen to something else, right? I think the more smart versions of this would be what time of the day I'm listening to, because obviously moods change between the type of music you want to listen to, and then you listen to a specific artist, and then maybe you don't like everything from that artist, right? For example, I don't know if you're fans of Coldplay or like Coldplay fans, but there's this whole debate about the old Coldplay and the new Coldplay, right? And you might have liked Coldplay in Spotify, but then for the AI to know like what the general consensus is about like the the older version was new and maybe you know you don't even follow you fall under that category you might just like all of it right mm-hmm. and for and i think the intelligent part would be for AI to understand that individual preference to that 
degree where it knows that okay you only like this you know this albums from this specific artist from this and you only listen to it in this time of the day and not that time of the day mm. and your moods like this so i guess that's how what i'm thinking would be like the ultimate version of of um understanding what an ai can do for an individual but mm-hmm. the amount of data you have to feed is going to be in like insane mm-hmm. it has to know a lot about about using yeah um and i guess it's also a question of how much data do we want to give microsoft in order for this to happen um is it worth having a super smart ai if you can't you know go to the toilet without it <laughs> without it knowing um so yeah I, I think yeah i have to watch the video i think i think to make up uh, a conclusion about this but yeah could be interesting um have you seen the so do you have anything there? well i was just gonna say I, I really hope apple are like just behind them on this because it's like if apple do it and do it across the whole ecosystem, so the MacBooks, the iPad, your iPhone, and it's across all the different iOS, like, that would be insane, because then you could get it to do things Look, to different devices. they have to work on Siri first. <laughs> Hopefully it is just the new Siri. Oh, yes, imagine that, where it's like Siri 2, but it's yeah. like, everyone just thinks it's a, a better voice assistant, assistant, but it's like, not even a system-wide, but a ecosystem-wide AI that can just you communicate can do and do, do everything. That would be like, cool. There's all the shortcuts you can do now on, on iPad OS and all that, where mm. it can go quite detailed. But if you could just ask it to generate that for you, like that would be insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what the Microsoft thing's doing. You can talk to it, and it'll react the same way as if you type to it. Right. You can also, I think the new pen gestures, you can write in the box, and it'll default to knowing what that right. means. Right. Yeah. So it's almost getting back to I think I mentioned on a podcast previously of someone asking Steve Wozniak what he thought the next stage of a phone would be and it's like yeah we'll be talking to our phones and there'll be AI that will be in there and it'll understand us in natural language and it'll be able to do every task and it's yeah I think we're, we're just just at the cusp I think. I think for the, again like the differentiating factor would be to, for it to understand the nuances. Mm. Um because again, individuals are like so different. And like there's things, for example, like I speak multiple languages and sometimes what if I wanna just talk in my native language and just tell it to do certain things. And, and uh, maybe if I'm traveling abroad for it to understand the localized versions of, of those things, right? Like, yeah, it's just context and nuances. If, if, it, if an AI can get that level, mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be again. I, I don't think it's if, it's when. When? when. Could be 10 years, could be tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I mean, Techtober's around the corner, so hopefully, you know, should be some some interesting updates there. Uh, before we move on, just because we're talking on Apple yeah. for, for a second, I don't know, have you seen the uh, Resident Evil gameplay on iPhones? I haven't seen the gameplay, but I've seen that they're putting ray tracing and all that. Yeah, ray tracing. Okay, so yeah, recently on Twitter, it's been making the rounds of um, people plugging in their iPhone to their TV and playing Resident Evil with a controller. And this isn't like a mobile version of Resident Evil. This is literally the PlayStation 4 version. So sleeper but the iphone has just become a gaming console like it's as powerful as a ps4 i think that's an interesting point yeah yeah so it's like people are sleeping on this but then it just means that many tens of millions of people have just got this gaming device in their pockets now and like overnight like once developers see that money they'll start to get like they'll start using metal effects Mm -hmm. like the apple's you know um graphics uh uh, ip um what what do they call it um uh, blanked on it but yeah and then they'll, they'll start actually developing for iPhones and iPads and all of this and then that could actually start up a, a gaming industry for Apple mm-hmm. um, 
I think it was yeah quite because you heard about it in the announcement, but actually seeing it, it's like oh wow, this is something else, you know. Right. So yeah, just a little side point. Cool. Um, API was the word. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I've been jumping into like the final topic. I just want to ask: Have you guys seen the Facebook change logo? Um, the subtle change in the logo. No. Uh, just have a look. Um, I'll, I'll go with Brandon first. You're seeing it. Like, what, can you see the difference? There's like a. There's just no gradient anymore. There was like the slightest gradient before. Now there's none, and that's it. Um, just like, have, a, have a look. Um, oh, the blues changed. Yep. Anything else? Uh, no. Um, so I think from from yeah I think that's one. So um, the blue is a lot more solid blue, and I think the the F is a little bit more bold and a little bit more centered. Um, so um, it's just shifted a little bit to the left, but that could be a visual illusion thing. Um, but also the curvature, I think, is a little bit different on the on the F's top top part. So there are subtle changes to it, but on on first glance, it's quite impossible to to tell other than just the just the the, the, the blue. But then the, the the most interesting thing, obviously, is people's reaction to it because they didn't really do a big announcement or anything like that. But it was more like media companies picking up on it and be like, oh, have you noticed the subtle change? They also changed like the reaction. Um, faces and also the the word word um, mark and whatnot. So um, people were just dunking on it. It's like oh, you know, like uh, wow, why? Like what was the point of this change? It's like no change and whatnot. But as, as like a designer and a design enthusiast, I I think corporates get a lot of flack whenever they make any of these logo changes, especially when it's very very minimal. But my my defense of it comes from the perspective that. There's like more than just um, a single use case for these logos, and sometimes it's wider use cases that influence the decisions, right? So, for example, it could be some new hardware that Meta is planning, or some new software that requires that to be an integral part. And then maybe the previous logo was not being as visible, or it was clashing with the color, or the F wasn't as as clear enough on a on a browser or something like that, and not just the the logo itself. So, I, yeah, I just thought I'd just put it out there because I, I see people just comment, like, so much negativity against but the, design. The, the and thing is, it's, it's so small. Like, it, it the, is the, small. At, at, this, at this point, as in for the, from the outside of the uh, observer, so from, at this point, it's literally they're just making a fuss about just a change. They just, no, they just I, don't, I don't think they were. I think it's more about media comments picking up on it. I think they just, no, but, that, uh, they, but that's that's you know. But once people saw the change, they're like, "Oh, something's changed." Get angry, you know? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they can make a fuss about. It. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, oh. um, but I think it was also Xiaomi that had the change with mm. the logo um, that took like a few million dollars, and I think that's where people get also upset that like that change could have just been, you know, like fifty dollars or five dollars on Fiverr or something. Mm. Um, but was it Xiaomi? I think it just it still looks the same to me. Oh yeah, like no, very very minimal. Like that that's way more minimal than than this. Um, I do understand that there's all these layers of um, bureaucracy and consultancy fees that go into making some of these, and there's lots of middlemen who make you know billions and billions of dollars out of it. But yeah, uh, just mo- most of the time, any logo change just gets like wrecked. Yeah, like, I think we talked about it in the past as well about how things are becoming more and more. Um, 
minimalistic and, and stuff. But yeah, we'll, um, I think we need to do a separate discussion on that because <laughs> I have a lot to say on, on minimalism. What do you, have you seen any trends coming out of that yet? Ha, have I, I, seen I'm it? seeing maximalist stuff now, so I think it's reversing. Where? Well, um, in, not in terms of software updates and stuff, but more so in terms of design aesthetics, like posters, um, just even trends on TikTok, for example, what people wear fashion-wise. Because, mm. um, I mean, you still have the new Uniqlo blank um, T-shirts <laughs> uh, that, that still get used day to day. But then there's, um, you know, lots of design elements that are being fed from the 80s with big graphic. Um, elements in the t-shirts I don't know like you've seen Ready Player One right I haven't I need to watch it okay or or Reddit no no yeah I know the the premise yeah um, I I just feel like we're permanently because there's all these references to the 80s and and different time periods but like some people are really into different things but I think we're just going to permanently be in that world where there's no one real unifying trend it's like Maybe there's like one that's slightly more popular, but everything's just everywhere. Like people can wear whatever they yeah. want. Like I think that's just we're gonna just stay there. But I think there's still going to be some level of mainstream um, pull, mm. um, regardless. I think it's l- way less, mm. definitely, and it's only going to get less. Yeah. But I think there's going to be at least some level of surface level understanding of what it means to be mainstream, whether mm. it's culture, um, entertainment, technology, mm. and whatever. Um, because, for example, like Apple, in a lot of ways, would dictate a lot of the design cultures in, in software, right? Yes. Or, or how UI and UX is being yes. used. So and, on those angles, it still have some mainstream elements. <laughs> There's two paths that I want to go down. I'll finish off the fashion one first. Um, actually, no, I'll start with the Apple one first. So, yeah, Apple design influence is actually a bigger part of society than we think. Like the Y2K movement, you know how there was some stuff that was transparent and um, some elements of it actually came from the, the iMac, mm. the, the translucent. That was actually a huge yeah. design moment. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, there's, there's one thing that um, that's from the quite recent past in the past few decades, a fashion item that has never made an appearance back. And I just, I think it's the last remaining thing. Can you guess what it is? A fashion item? Yes, so like a piece return. of clothing. And it wasn't like from a long time ago? Well, like it, what time period is it from? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say late 80s to mid-90s. Late 80s to mid-90s, a fashion element. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I can't think off the top of my head, but probably like an accessory. Visors. Uh, I'd argue they're still... Who? Yeah. Where? I haven't seen one in... Um, I don't know, like, like have you seen visors around, Brayden, like on TikToks and... No, I don't think so. Uh, no? They're just not there, and it's like it's just the one thing. Like I think, I th- again, bell, I think bell bottoms that they're back. Yeah. We have we have uh, um, like eighties jeans are back, nineties haircuts are back. Everything's come around, but, but just, just not visors. Just again on, on different uh, kind of tangent. I remember seeing recently somebody, um, you know, those there's garage sales and whatnot. Like this guy goes around and, and gets gets them, and he found this. Um, cap with an mp3 player uh kind of attached to it that also act and has a solar power in here um, i love it yeah it was, it was so interesting and i think it was about a japanese company that worked with a fashion brand to to launch that i'll find it out for right. you it's such an interesting i love that piece of item i've never seen it become popular at that time it was probably for those like you know 
um, upper end kind of probably would have cost a lot of money as yeah, well at the time. Yeah. It was from the early 2000s or right. mid 2000s. Wild, so, wild. So funny. Um, speaking of so, okay, I think we're almost getting. I think, I think we need to have a part of this um, uh, episode or like episodes going forward. We're just like, call it the Wild West. The, yeah, the Wild West. <laughs> okay, yeah. the last thing, I don't understand why why mobile phone manufacturers or laptop fa- manufacturers don't just put a small solar panel or at least some some one percent efficient thin glass that has solar panel under it or something, so that in a pinch, like you, you at least have the option. Like you'd be in the desert. Um, I think. I think yes, specific phones. No, oh, specific okay. phones designed for um, survivalists or, or extreme environments. No, 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 no. I'm not, not talking about like ugly. So, day to day consumer. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not sure if the tech exists, but something that is. All it does is just darkens the back a little bit, so it's not like you can see like mm. big solar panels, and it's very inefficient because it has to look at least a decent. But yeah. it's just to give you that trickle charge. Like, I think that would be something. There's something there. Mm, I can I can see why, mm-hmm. uh, but I wouldn't think that we were the first people to think of it. I think of they, course they, not. They would have been. It's like oh, people would have tried and blah, then, blah, 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 then blah. said, "Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work." Because we'll, we'll try again, guys, because <laughs> PV panels will come down in price. <laughs> That's the warning from Dogo. So, oh man, um, what, what a was this a nutty episode? You, you guys tell us. I think it was all right. Um, all right. There's still something left oh, really? to talk about. Yeah, Neuralink. Neuralink. Oh, okay. I missed this as well. Where have I been? Hey, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? They're no. starting um, human, human trials. trials. Oh, I, actually, I did hear about that a while ago. But why is this news again? Uh, because they're they oh, just so got approved to start human uh, trials. Okay. It's going to start soon on paralyzed people to start yeah. with. Uh, yeah, it's a specific type of trial. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, the, you have to qualify. Very specific, like, yeah, yeah, yeah um, which I thought was again interesting, and also how the media was covering the news. If you just type up Neuralink trials, yeah, um, they're like everyone's going to die. Elon Musk. Yeah, bad. And, and, and then when you and then the, there's a few media companies saying that you know it's for for at, at first that's what I saw. Like you know the mm. topics what, what the topics were was about or the headlines were about um, human trials approved. Um, see how Neuralink killed these monkeys, kind of thing. Like like immediately like like fear mongering. And I understand like obviously this is. This is crazy if you think about it, like a chip not, in your brain. Not really. Chip in your brain? Because the, it's working on older technology that was just a lot less resolution and it was left to, you know, it was more invasive. So, yes, this it seems high tech, but it's based off quite old technology. So, it's not as. Anyway, I don't know what happened to the monkeys, though. That's not, um, yeah, no, but the idea of putting anything in your brain for, for it to work, I mean, we haven't seen anything like that. In the past, have we? Yeah, like, like that's what I'm talking about. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a chip, but it was a. Um, oh, okay. I can't remember what it was called. Like, because I, I, I did research for this, but there, there is a '90s technology that we've been using right. since, and it's like, yes, it sends signals, but it's at such low resolution that it's, you know. So yeah. yeah, so I think it's just because it's a chip doesn't make it well. Maybe there, there is a bit of rest there, but it, it's it's still something that has been done before. It's not brand brand new. So anyway, go on. Right. I think they were using. They, they wanted to. Part of the test is to see if you can, they can get people to control a keyboard mm-hmm. and a mouse just with thinking mm-hmm. about it. And I thought that's kind of that's wild. Imagine you're just operating a computer, just looking at it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's not it's not new. Like it's kind of like, like the concept is not new. Yeah, the, con- yeah, the, the concept. Not- yeah, like sci-fi concept. No, 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 not there. sci-fi, but like. There have been, like, from the 90s, there's been tests That's on this stuff. That's actually been, been worked yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But it hasn't been very good, but it's still 
it's been done. So yeah, yeah and what Brandon's thing like it's the next level right. from from there. But but either way, I think the way it was being covered, um, and then when I read that it's, it's you know the, the starting point is with medically um, like certain medical cases where where it's going to be tested to start with. I think that changes the perception, right? Because somebody who can't move or can't do certain things, and this actually might allow them to do certain things. I think that changes the entire perception of what Neuralink's meant to be, other than the fact that people are saying, oh, it's invasive chip that'll take everything out of your brain. No, so, then. yeah, but this was the first step. Like, Elon clearly said that, yes, it's going to Eventually. be for para- paraplegics, but then <laughs> symbiosis with the AI is the, <laughs> is the final, like, you know, Elon, he, he goes on. Yeah. But but this was the first step, and then eventually, like... People- yeah, and, and, and I think it's a long, long way away, and I think it'll get... I think most people won't get it, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'll... You, you say that. Yeah, you reckon? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like, like, would you get it? Like, if it was like, okay, um, but, but like, something it, like a phone where it's been trial tested. Yeah, ninety-nine percent is okay, and yeah. then point one percent we don't know. You might yeah. get cancer from it, kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> Depends what it's for at that point, right? Like right now, if you were quadriplegic, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like no, like it's it's uh, symbiosis with your your phone or whatever the technological device is at the right. time. So it's like. It's like you want to Google something, but you don't have to type it in. It's just like, oh, you just know. Like, you, you can I don't know, yeah. sense the answer or whatever. Like, it sounds cool, but it's like your phones degenerate and, like, slowly fall apart and software mm. starts to die and, like, you get glitches and stuff like that. What's going to happen in your brain? <laughs> exactly. It's like you know that a voltage that's too much. You yeah, know? I, like it just, uh, I wouldn't. Because if it's I tapping into it. all of your, like, senses, mm. like, what if it just glitches out in the audio department and just destroys your eardrums? <laughs> you can't turn it off. You know? well, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. What's that ringing up? By then, it'll have that 1% uh, solar panel in it as well. <laughs> so you can just turn the sun and then it just get, gets all the power back. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you walk on the stage, it just stops. Like, oh. <laughs>